Today's daf is daf Pei Gimel. Mitzvah Hashem, we're finishing off the seventh parak of Babakama Perak Maruba. We're starting the last line on Pei Beis Amud Beis. We had uh, learned yesterday is that during the civil war between uh, Harkonus and Aristobulus there was a situation where a pig was substituted for a carbon and uh, <coughs> it created a tremendous uh, negative impact on the entire Eretz Yisrael and the Chachamim made a exera and, and a curse for somebody that uh, raises pigs and secondly, if a person uh, learns or, or teaches Chachmas Yevonis. At this point, we'll see that more assumes it means just the uh, the language of 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 of, of uh, a Greek a person studies the Greek language. So the Gemara asked the question: Chachmas Yevonis Miasira is actually studying Greek? Is that prohibited? Va'atanya we learned in a brayso. I'm a Rebbe. Rebbe said that if Eretz Yisrael, if you're living in Eretz Yisrael, which is under Persian domination, so Loshan Sursi Lama. Why should you be speaking? There's a dialect of Aramaic, which they use. The actual Talmud Yerushalmi is recorded in that dialect. Why should you speak Sursi? O Lashon Hakodesh, either speak Lashon Hakodesh, which is a beautiful language, or Lashon Yavonis, or speak Greek, which is a beautiful language. It makes sense because we're under uh, Greek domination. You have a, we're in their jurisdiction. We have a capacity to communicate with. And Rabbi Yossi said, Bebavel, that if you were living in, in Babylonia, where they were under the Persian jurisdiction, Persian domination, so then Lashon Arami Lama, why would you as a Jew want to speak Aramaic? Oh, Lashon HaKodesh Nochamal, either speak Hebrew, oh, Lashon Parsi, or speak Persian. So the question that one wants to know is, you see that Rebbe is recommending that people should speak Greek, how could you tell me that there's an error for Chachmas Yevonis? Tomorrow says two different things. Tomorrow says, Amri Lashon Yevonis Lechud Vachachmas Yevonis Lechud. There is the standard vernacular, the normal language of the Persians, the Persia, uh, of the Greeks. That was not prohibited. But there is something that was the royalty used to study. There is, it's, it, it involves philosophy, it involves, uh, it seems hand signals, but it was a, it was a, more than just a regular language. It had in it Chachmas Yavonis. And that is, that, uh, that higher Greek is what was prohibited from studying. So Gemara says, it's, it's two different things. Lashon Yavonis Lechud, Chachmas Yavonis Lechud. Even this Chachmas Yavonis. Okay, there is this royal language that, that they used to teach the people in, 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 the, in the high courts. But, but, but is that prohibited too? said in the name of Shimon Gamliel, he said a Pasuk, the Pasuk says in Eicha, what the Pasuk means is that my eye becomes disfigured from the crying and the weeping for, uh, for, uh, for, the, for my loss, for the loss of my, for, to my soul, more than all of the other uh, daughters of, of my, my city. Meaning what I have lost, nobody else has lost. What is that pasuk referring to? So therefore, the Gemara says, Rishim Gamliel said that it, it's about him because Elif Yoladim Hayu Bebeis Abba. There were a thousand children in my father's household. Chamesh Meos Mehem Lamdu Torah. 
500 of them were well versed in Torah. And another 500 were well, well versed in Chachmas Yavonis. The only ones that remained is me here in Eretz Yisrael. And, um, my, uh, I guess my cousin. Then I'm my father's brother's son. Alright, uh, Asya in Asia. Those are the only two left of all of these children that were in our father's household. But the point is that you see that if, and, and Rabbi Gamliel's father, that's the Nasi, they would not be doing anything that's in violation of what the law was. 500 of these kids were learning Chachmas Yavonis. What do you mean the new one was here? They they were wiped out. This is in the the fall of Beitar. Hadrian came and and, and massacred everyone. So Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva said, Shari based Rabbi Gamliel. You can't bring a proof from the fact they studied in the house of Rabbi Gamliel. Shahayu Krovin Lamalchus, because Rabbi Gamliel was close to the royalty, to the Roman higher echelon, and they, uh, not to the Greek, not to the Roman, to the Greek. Uh, Greek, uh, higher, uh, 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 to the monarchy, and therefore it was okay for them to be able to study it because they had to be able to relate and converse with them in the courts, in the high courts, and therefore, uh, in, when they were, when they were visiting or whatever, that, 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 that the diplomacy was necessary, they had to have that language. like we learned in the Brisa, I'm a sapper kumi, I mori, a certain type of haircut, which is a, called a kumi haircut, which is, you, you your violation of this is the way of the Amorites. Rashi gives in one explanation, they used to shave their heads uh, halfway and then grow, grow ponytails the other half. That was like, that was the dark Amoris. Any Jew that does it is in violation. And nevertheless, Avtomus Baruvain, he tirulolasapur kumi. This Avtomus Baruvain, they allowed him to get such a haircut. Because again, he interacted for diplomacy purposes, he had to interact with the Malchus. And therefore, it was okay for him to do so because that, that he needed to be able to have that connection with, uh, for diplomatic purposes, political purposes. And not only that, she'll base Rabban Gamliel, so not the more So therefore, uh, that, that's exactly the same reason why in base Rabban Gamliel, he tirulahem osapra bechachmas yavanis, they allowed them to study chachmas yavanis, mibnei krovin lamachus. So basically, if you're not, you don't have a kash, your kash was, how could they do it in the house of Rabban Gamliel, if you tell me there's an xera, it's an oror, it's prohibited. So Teret says, is that for certain people it's allowed for political purposes. Okay. It says you're not allowed to raise dogs unless you keep them chained. So that it says we learned the bride that you're not allowed to raise a dog unless you have him tied up with a, with a chain. However, you are allowed to raise them in border cities where you have uh, attacking nations that they that they are uh, that you're afraid therefore that, that that they're going to come and harm you. So there you can raise them. Kosher by day when people are walking around, then you have to keep it tied. Matira but at night you can unleash the dog because people are know that it's it's a dangerous area on a border. They're not walking around, and therefore it's okay to let your dog roam free because actually it forms a protection from the neighbors that are not friendly. Tiny will learn in a brisa. Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol Oimer. Rabbi Eliezer Hagadol says he actually argues with our Tana. He's a Magadol Klovin, a Magadol Chazerim. He says you raise dogs is like raising pigs. 
So where's the line of Gamina? Both are prohibited. We learned before, it's prohibited to raise pigs. What's he trying to add by, by connecting raising dogs to raising pigs? Because we said, it's not just prohibited to raise pigs, but cursed is the person that raises pigs. So he was saying, again, it's not just the prohibition of lashes, let's say, to get to raise a dog. It's also in the same violation, like raising a pig means it's Uru, there's a curse on such a person. Again, I guess it means if it's unchained. Amr Rabbi Yosef Bar Minyumi Amr Rabbi Nachman Bavel Kiras Muchel Esvar Dami that Bavel is like a border city. The Jews, there's a large yishuv in, in, in Bavel. They took on themselves the same stringencies, the same rules. So they wouldn't raise dogs in Bavel. But he said Bavel is like a border city. What, is, what does that mean? So Targum in Nahardah, they explained, Darish, uh, 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 they explained, uh, uh, as it was expounded by Rabbi Dostoy the Minbiri, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Targum Nahardah. They explained it that it's not referring to the entire Bavel. The area of Nahardo, which is a large Jewish community, that was surrounded by, uh, by enemies, and that's considered to be either it is a border city or it's like a border city, so that's where this din of you're allowed to unleash the dog and let it walk around on its own, or go around its own at night. But the rest of Bavel, where Jews lived, then, it, then the same din would apply, is that you have to keep it leashed all the time, where you're not allowed to keep it. Okay. Dorish Rabdu Stoy the Minbiri. Rabdu Stoy the Minbiri uh, expounded the Pasuk in the following way. It says, Umenuchoyemar, that uh, when, when they came to rest, then Moshe Rabbeinu would say, Shuv Hashem, return Hashem, Rivas Alpha Yisrael, and bring your Shekhinah back. To the Rivavos Alpha Yisrael. Rivavos Alpha Yisrael, as the Gemara is going to explain, Rivava is 10,000. Rivavos plural is 20,000. Alpha, minimum Alpha is 2. So bring your Shekhinah back on the 22,000. The Levium, who were the carrier bearers of the Aron, the Shekhinah come back to, when they, when they, when they, when they uh, encamped, bring the Shekhinah back and rest upon the 22,000 Levium that were encamped around the Aron Hashem. This teaches us that if it just takes one one person missing from the twenty two thousand, the shechina would not be shora on Kalal Yisrael. So now, if there's a woman that's pregnant, and let's say there is twenty one thousand nine hundred ninety nine thousand Jews, so you're missing one Jew in order for the shechina to come onto Kalal Yisrael. So therefore, and one of the women that were pregnant, and her child would be the one that would be Muslim to the 22,000. And a dog barks at her. The epila and causes her to miscarriage. That person who raised this dog and did not keep the dog under wraps and caused this woman to miscarriage has now caused the Shechina to remove itself from the Jewish people. Mora brings down a story. There was this woman. She had worked out with her neighbor that she should be able to go and use his ovens and bake bread in his house. And the problem was the person had a dog and I guess was unleashed. So when she walked into the house the dog began barking at her. So Amr Lord the owner of the dog and of the house, said, Lo tistafimine, do not be afraid of him. Shekule Nive, his incisors, the canine, his canine teeth have been removed. And therefore he can't bite you. 
She said, take your benefits, that which you thought is a good thing, take it and throw it on the thorns. Meaning what you've done doesn't help me anymore. Why? Because kvar nad vlad. The fetus has already become disconnected. Meaning you caused, the barking of the dog already caused me to miscarriage. So therefore it points out again the idea that a dog, a, 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 a dog that, that looks like a vicious dog, acts like a vicious dog, barks like a vicious dog, these are things that can cause damage not only in terms of what they actually do, because that you can remove their teeth, but then they, they, they can make people afraid and cause women to miscarry. Right, let's go weiter. We said, We said that one of the takonas that were put into place is that you have to be 30 ris. You have to be 30 ris away from the city in order to be able to set traps. And uh, 30 ris is about 8,000, is 8,000 amma. It's, it's 4 mil, I think, 4 mil. So it's 8,000 amma. So, uh, so what it says, Is it true that pigeons can fly that amount? I means you have to distance that amount, means so you, want, you don't want to catch birds that are from the, the privately owned, which imply, implies that a bird can fly 8,000 amma. So it says more like this, I, Lechora, we see that, the Mormon Baba Basra tells us that there's a din of things that you raise should not damage people. So when it comes to raising pigeons, you have to make sure that the pigeons are going to be far enough that they're not going into your neighbor's fields and uh, e- eating and damaging his, his property. So how far do you have to go? It says, A dovecote, where they raise the, the, the doves, the pigeons. You have to be 50 amas away to prevent your birds from damaging someone else. It implies that what's the flight distance of 50. these birds? 50 amas. And you just said that to set up traps you have to be away 8,000 amas. So Mora says like this, Amar Abayi, he says that these birds eat when they fly. The first 50 amas, they're already full. It's true they can fly 8,000 amas, but they're only full, they full by the time they reach the first 50. So therefore, if the concern was that you're going to cause damage to your neighbors because it's going to feed on your neighbor's property, that's enough to be 50 amas away. In terms of catching other people's birds, 50 amas is not enough because whether full or not full, we don't want you catching their birds. There you have to be 8,000 amas away. So there's no contradiction between the two statements. So Amr Abayah, Meshad, Shaiti, Tuba, they can fly much further than 50 amas. But their stomachs are filled within the first 50 amas. Says Mara like this, you telling me they can only fly the 30 risks the 8,000 Amis, and they can't fly anymore. Vatanyo, we learned in a brisa. It says that if you are setting up a dovecote in the city, that is prohibited to do. Beyishev afilu mea mil, even a hundred mil. Now a hundred mil, a, 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 a 30 Amis is only four mil. I mean, uh, 8,000 Amis was, was four mil. And here it says that even a hundred mil within the city you're not allowed to set up. Now, Lechorah, if these birds can only fly 8,000 amma, right, which is four mil, why are you prohibited from setting up a dovecote in the city even, 
even a hundred mil away. The Chorot means that with, because in the city where there for sure are birds flying, you're going to be catching for sure birds belong to other people that can fly all the way to, uh, to uh, that, I'm sorry, that, can, that, that are going to fly all the way to other people's property and going to cause all kinds of damage, whatever the, the reason you can, or you're going to catch their birds, maybe you're worried about getting, getting their, uh, uh, so, shall uh, so, um, so we have, where is it? Uh, so, the, so even uh, so obviously they can fly at even more than than four mil. You're worried about being a hundred mil. So Amar Rabbi Yosef, the Yushuv Kramim, he says when it says that in a settled place you can't even set up your dove coat uh, if it is even a hundred amas away, it means that's talking about that there is it's a, it's a settlement of of vineyards because if it's a settlement of vineyards, the birds can go from one vine to the next vine to the next vine, they can go much further than in the normal path of flight. Normal flight might be 8,000 uh, 8, Amis. That's it. You don't have to worry about catching any birds past 8,000 Amis. But if the whole area is vineyards, then you have to worry a issue. Then you can't. You have to worry about the birds flying a lot more than that. They can even fly 100 mil. That's the answer of Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Amar Yishuv Shovchin. He says, no, the problem over here is we're so much settled, it's settled with many, many dovecoats. Now, the more dovecoats there are, so then the birds are able to go from one dovecoat to another dovecoat to another dovecoat. And that's the reason that you have, you can't even be a hundred mil in a Yishuv. If it's a Yishuv full of dovecoats, that's, that's, that, that's where you can't set up, you, can't, you cannot set up. So, Gemara says like this, one second. If it's full of dovecoats, then the reason you can't set up is because of the nearest dovecote. Meaning, the whole idea over here is that even if you're a thousand, if, even if you are a hundred mil away from the nearest dovecote, you wouldn't be able to set up. So the answer gets full of, of vines, I understand. But you know, it's full of dovecotes, it makes no sense because then you're not a hundred mil from the nearest dovecote. You're much closer to the nearest dovecote. Everyone, you, you have a question. So Moira says like this, so the dovecotes themselves is why you can't set it up because, because you're right next to the dovecotes. Either no, the dovecotes that the only the first Jewish dovecotes are a hundred mil away. All till then are non-Jewish dovecotes. So therefore, the takana that you wouldn't be able to set up is not a problem because of the non-Jewish dovecotes. The problem is that since the non-Jewish dovecotes are there, the Jewish birds will also use the Jewish dovecotes along the way, and they'll be able to go more than the eight thousand amma flight. They'll be able to go even a hundred mil, which is why you cannot set up in a yeshiv of dovecotes, even if it's dovecotes that normally you don't have to worry about. But they use the, the ones that are a hundred mil away will use the ones that you don't have to worry about. Or these dovecotes are ownerless, right? So you don't have to worry about the dovecotes themselves that are within the hundred mil, but you have to worry about the ones that are outside the hundred mil because they're going to use the ones within the hundred mil. But it's your own dovecotes, meaning that your own dovecotes, and the reason why we're afraid that you're going to be setting up these, uh, that you're going to be creating problems, because even though you're not worried about your own dovecotes catching your own birds, but what about the birds that are outside the 100 mil that are going to be using your dovecotes? That's what we are concerned about. So either way, the shot is like this, is that normally a bird, if it's going to, you're worried about it eating, it only eats the first 50 uh, uh, amma, and you don't have to worry about Therefore, setting up a dovecote outside a city, 50 hours long. What about catching birds? So then you should be, it only, only fly if there's nothing there for them to rest. 
they go straight, they only go 8,000 mil. But if they have what to rest, or go, then they can go much more, even 100 mil, then it is a problem. All right. Hadran alach meruba, hadran alach meruba, hadran alach meruba. Be'ez Hashem Yisbarach, we are beginning now the eighth parak of Babakama, Perek HaChovel. So, a person who damages his friend. There are five damages that he is obligated to pay. Now, just in order to understand this, we have to make certain, certain uh, caveats here. When there is damage with intent, then you have to pay five. When there is damage without intent, it depends. If it was gross negligence, then you have to pay for everything except for boshes. Because embarrassment is based on intent. And therefore, you don't pay for embarrassment. You have to pay for the other things, you don't pay for embarrassment. If there was no intent and there was no negligence, well, it depends. If, you were, uh, if it was not a complete onus, Right? Then you'll just have to pay Nezek. But if it's a complete owner, something completely beyond your ability to prevent, then you're Potter. So therefore, so it comes out like this. The five are when there's intent. Four of them will be when there was negligence or gross negligence. One will be when it's accidental with some level of negligence. No negligence at all, completely accidental, you'll be put to all together. So we're talking about five over here, it must be talking about with intent. So, there's five payments that have to be made. You have to pay Benezek for the damages, for Tsar, for pain, for Ripui, for doctor's fees, Sheves for uh, unemployment, Uboshes, and embarrassment. Now let's go through each one. Benezek for damages. Kate said, how do we assess that? So Simas, a no, person blinded someone. Kitos, Yado, cut off his hand. Shibra's Raglo broke his foot. Rowin Osa, Ki'iluho, Evan, Nimkar, Beshuk. You see what the value of this person is. How do you calculate value? You calculate value is what would this person get on the marketplace. Now, getting on the marketplace depends on, on many characteristics. One is what his physical capacities are. Number two, what his abilities or talents are. It means obviously people will pay more for an evit on the market that has certain skills then if he doesn't have those skills. So you calculate what this person would have got on the market had that damage not occurred. And now that that damage has occurred, the difference between those two is the number that is paid for Nezek. How much he was worth and how much he's worth right now. There's interesting machlokas here between Rashi says that because even if he was if, if he's down on his luck, he would have sold himself an Evid Ivory, so you see what his value as an Evid Ivory would be. The, the, the Rosh says that can't be because an Evid Ivory is only sold for six years. You're not getting true value. You have to be an Evid Knani that's sold forever. So that's the interesting uh, machlokas there. All right. Says the more like this. Tsar. How do you calculate pain? So, let's say a person burnt somebody with a red-hot spit. Or he pierced him with a nail. 
So now we're going to see Afilo al Sipono, even if it's on a place, on a, on a fingernail, Makam She'eno Ose Chaburah. So you're not talking about actual physical damage per se, but you're talking about just pain, complete pain. So that gives you an idea of how you calculate pain. So what do you do? So Om did Kama Adam Kiyotza Bezer wrote Zelito Lios Mitzar Kach. You see how much a person of a similar disposition, people are feeling someone more squeamish, someone less. You see, a person of the same disposition, how much would someone of, you know, of a similar type of disposition be willing to pay that he would, uh, in order, it's, it's going to see, it's in order, we'll see if it's in order to avoid it, or in order that, what it would take for you to pay that I should have it. <coughs> so we'll see, the more we'll discuss then. Right? Rotsa Lito Leos Mitzar Kach. The simple reading of the Bryce of the Mishnah is, in order to get this pain. Well, how much would you pay for me to burn you on your fingernail, how much would you pay? So therefore, that's the amount you calculate. So the same thing, you calculate Tsar as one of the five. It's, uh, uh, the the Mephoshim point out that you don't do this by the other one. The the first one of Nezek, you don't say, well, how much would you pay to get your arm cut off? Because how, uh, how, much, money, how much money would a person take to get that? It's, like it's, almost a, it's, a, it's, it's not even quantifiable. But pain, you can, do, you can talk about how much would it be for pain, and that's how you calculate pain. Who do you ask? Somebody else, you assess of average disposition, same type of personality, character, whatever. Yeah, how much you pay to not get that? How much you would pay? The way the Mishnah is reading it is that you should get it. If I want to burn you. How much do I have to pay you to burn you? That's, a, that's, that's, the, that's the way it's written. We'll see in the Gemara. Ripui, how do you calculate doctor's fees? Hikahu, if you damaged him, Chayvlerapozo, you have an obligation to heal him. So therefore, you have to pay for damages. You have to pay. You've got to pay for it. I was going to say, you can't say, okay, you know what? I'll, I'm a doctor. I'll take care of you. No, you have to pay somebody else to take care of it. Alabaitzmachim, let's say that complications or infections, growths, came upon either on the wound or around the wound, if the doctors assess that this is directly due to the, the wound, that's also included in the doctor's wounds. You have to take care of complications. But that nothing to do with the wound. So then Potter, obviously going to be Potter. We'll see what the, the Chiddush of that is. If it healed, and then it uh, got worse again. Chaisa got healed, Venistera, and then it got worse again. Chaisa, each time you still have an obligation to pay if it's because of the original wound. Chaisa called Sarka, if it healed sufficiently, and therefore whatever happens subsequently is nothing connected to the wound. Ain't a Chaisa repose, so you're not Chaisa to, to, to pay for it. Again, let's see what the Chirsha that is. Shevis, unemployment. How do you calculate unemployment? So let me explain this outside and we'll see inside. The Mishnah is going to speak out is that Lachara, what do you mean paying for unemployment? <coughs> the Nezek, when you calculate what the person was worth on the marketplace, that included his capacity. The guy was a, was a, was a, was a, was a, was a brain surgeon. Or, that's included in Nezek because whoever's going to buy the person is buying him not only for his physical value but also for his capacity and his talents which goes into what he's able to do, his employment. So what is the, what are you paying here for unemployment? So the one is going to explain, or the, the mission is going to explain like this. The mission is going to say is we're not talking about what you caused him to be deficient in now that he's un, now he's not able to do what he was able to do because that is included in nezek. What we're talking about over here is that let's say you chopped off his hand. You chopped off his hand. You're already paying him based on what he could have done with that hand. But with a chopped off hand. 
he could have done the most base job. What's the most base job he could have done? He could have been a cucumber watchman, right? He could sit there, be a scarecrow, scare away the birds. But now that he is sick, because it's going to take him, he's convalescing, it takes him two weeks, three weeks to recover, you need to pay for those three weeks no. for being a cucumber. You, he's losing the minimum wage now he's losing because he's been sick. So there's two, different, there's two different unemployment. There's what you've made him lose in terms of what he could have done in his life and now he's not able to do. That's included in Nezek. Unemployment is now that he is sick, he's not able to do even what he could have been able to do after the damage was caused to him. And that's what the unemployment refers to. Clear? Mm-hmm. Alright. So one says like this. Shevis. Rowing also, we view him like as a cucumber watchman. Because anything more, you've already paid him. It's included in the nezek for his hand or his foot. Boshes. How do you calculate boshes? So this one is a bias. Everything has to be calculated both on two on, on two on, on two variables. Who is the person who's embarrassing him? And who is the person being embarrassed? Raji says that the variables work like this. Is that the less dignified or significant the person embarrassing is the higher level of embarrassment. And the greater the person being embarrassed will also affect the level of embarrassment. So you have to take those two variables in to quantify or qualify who is embarrassing him and who is the person being embarrassed before you can come up with that number. Okay, I guess it's somewhat subjective, but they calculated these things. Let's go right. Amai, says the Gemara, why is it? I mean, this is something that's always from time immemorial, that the, the, the Torah, from time Torah existed, is ein tachas ein, even though it says an eye for an eye, we don't really mean an eye for an eye, it means that it's mamon, which is what Amish is saying, you have to pay, pay. So Gemara says, why should it be? The Pazit doesn't say that. The Pazit says, ein tachas ein. So Gemara says, amai, ein tachas ein, amarachmon, akarish baruch is an eye for an eye. So ema ein mamish, let's say it means Actual I. Sigmar says, or oh, the other way to read it is, Ema, am I, why are you paying? Was it because it's Ein Tachas Ein? So therefore you're paying for the I. Whereas who says you should pay for the I? Why don't you pay for the, take the I of the perpetrator, make him lose his I? So therefore, Ema Ein Mamish. No, I don't think it means an actual eye. It means you pay for the replacement of an eye. How do I know that? The Sanya, because we learned in a Brysa. Brysa says, this, ask the question. You blinded someone. The perpetrator has to be blinded. You chopped off someone's hand. You have your own hand chopped. You might have thought that. Shiver is ragla. You broke someone's foot, leg. Meshav is ragla. Your own leg gets broken. Talmud Lomar comes along the Torah of the Mexic Zerah Shava. On one hand, it says the word Maka Adam. You strike a man. We'll see exactly what Pesach is referring to in the Gemara. Oh, Maka Behema. And then it says when you strike an animal. Now, just as when you strike an animal, what is the result to the perpetrator? Payment. So too, when it says Maka Adam, so therefore it also refers to payment. So therefore, Ma Maka Behemoth is Ashlumim, is payment of Maka Adam at Ashlumim. Again, where this Zer Shove is, which Tukim is referring to, we'll see in the Gemara. Bim Nafshach Lomar, now if you don't like that first drosha, meaning if you have some reason to believe that there is difficulty in making that first drosha, we have another drosha that you can make. It says, Harehu Omer, behold, the Pazuk says, Lo sikhu kofer lenefesh retzeach. Pazuk says that you're not allowed to take a, a payment, 
You don't want to take a kofar at a payment, for a murdering, uh, somebody who murdered. Asher Rosha Lamus, because he is wicked and he has to be put to death, Kimos Yumas, he shall surely be executed. So therefore, but what does it say? It says, you're not allowed to take payment for the Rotseach. The Torah is only specifically focusing that if he murdered, money is not a substitute. But you can't take as a as, as an atonement, as a substitute, you can take Leroshe Evarim for limbs, even though those limbs are not uh, able to. Uh, they're, they're irreparable. They're, it's irreparable damage. You that. So only death cannot be paid off, but for limbs you could. Shane Chosen, even if they are, uh, they, they do not return, it's an irreparable damage. Says the more like this. Okay, that's the Brysa. So the Brysa said two drushes. One, it says that there's a Zereshava Maka Behema Maka Adam. There's Maka Behema, Tashlumi Maka Adam, Tashlumi. And if you don't like that one for some reason, which we'll see, then you have another drasha is Nefesh Rutseach. You can't take Kofer, but for Rosh Evarim you can. So ask the Gemara. Hi, Maka. Which Maka are you comparing? Exerushava, Maka Behema, Maka Adam. Elema, if you tell me it's a posseg that says, uh, in Vayikra, Maka Behema, Yeshalmen, no Maka Adam, you must. When you strike an animal, or you kill an animal, you pay for it. But if you kill a person, then the person is executed. So Mara says, that can't be the maka maka comparing. Because in that pasuk, what is it talking about? When a man kills, a man kills doesn't pay. So that can't be when you're comparing justice by an animal it's paying, so to by a person it's paying. Because the maka in that person, by a person, in that pasuk is actually talking about yeah. someone that is executed and you don't pay. Someone says like this, the Catholic Siv, that's talking about where you kill the person, not where you get you pay. Someone's killing. So Elamehacha, a different Posak. Posak says like this. The Posak says, Umaka Nefesh Behema Yeshalmeno. When you kill an animal, you pay for it. Nefesh Tafech has nefesh. Even though it says a soul for a soul, but clearly over there what it means is you have to you pay you pay a soul for a soul, you replace the soul of the, the, the animal that was killed. The Samech lay, and then right next to it, the very next Pazuk says, that if a person uh, put a, uh, if a person placed a blemish, caused damage in, in, uh, into his fellow, <laughs> into his friend, what he had done, you do to him. So therefore, that's where you do, that's where you're comparing the damage done to an animal to damage. Because that positive over there is talking about damage, not death. So just as the damage to the animal makes no difference by animal, you kill it or you damage it, it's always payment. So too, the damage done to a person is also payment. So when it says the problem is that there's no Zereshav of Maka Maka over there. Because there it doesn't say by a person, Yake. It says, Yitain Mumba Amisoi. You put a blemish, you put a, a wound in your friend. doesn't say anything about the word maka. So how are you making a Zereshav of maka maka over there? Everybody with me? Right? All right. So more is like this. 
So when it says the Chayra, Hai Lav Makahu, it's not Maka. The Gemara says no. When you make Exera Shava, he doesn't have to have the exact word. It could be the concepts of being compared. Because even though it doesn't say Maka, but it says Yitain Mumba Amiso, Yitain Mumba Amiso is the same thing as causing a damage, is hitting. So therefore, we're we're comparing Exera Shava in in terms of concepts. That's Haka Haka, striking, striking. Whether you use the word Maka or not, both are talking about acts of striking. That's what's being converted. Just as the damage that is inflicted on the animal is a tashlumin, is le tashlumin. So that's the, therefore that that's the more that's the drasha that we're saying the ki the ishki yitain bumba miso kasher also can yaselo but it means that was done to him is done to you but it means that you have to replace the, the the damage you have to pay says the gemara but we have another pasuk by you by a person that does use the word hakor v'haksiv ishki yakek kol nefesh adam most yumas it says now that pasuk is the introduction to ayin tachas ayin so it's not talking about killing. So even though it says Ish kol nefesh adam most yumas, when you strike a person, you most yumas, you have to be put to death. It can't mean that you actually are put to death because it says ein tachas ein shein tachas shein. So obviously, what does it mean over there? It means put to death, meaning that the limb that you destroyed, right? Most humans, it has to be you, you, you have to have destroyed by you. So, Gemara says, the Chorah over there, it says, Mashma, it says, most humans, that you have to destroy, you have to kill, means you have to destroy the limb. So, Gemara says, no, but Mamon, it doesn't mean you destroy, it just means, most humans means you have to replace. It means you're replacing the limb that you destroyed. That's what it means. It's Mamon, it doesn't mean death to the limb, it means you destroy it. Says how do you know? The positive says most yuma. So how do you know it means that it's you pay for the limb? Maybe it means you have to destroy the limb. What's that? Uh, but by, that says by person also. Adam Ki, when you kill a person, says most yuma. All the other Torah says most yuma. It means death. Are you asking? It's a kasha, right? Maybe it actually means misa. Means not kill. Not doesn't mean kill the person, but it means destroy the limb. That it's right. So much I know it can't mean actually destroying the limb. It has to mean uh, money because the chado. First of all, because they have the gzeira shava that we just said before. The gzeira shava said that that uh, that maka vehema yeshalmena and then ish kiyeted mumba miso. We compared the two concepts. It tells you it's moment. First of all, and 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 furthermore, what does it say right after this drosha of it says it says most you must kashe yitein mumba adam. What's the expression that's used? Bo, Nasina. Throughout the Torah, when you use the Sina, what does it usually refer to? Paying money. So you see, even in that post, it said, most you must, Kashe, Asa, Kenyan, Bo, and use the Lashon of Sina. So I know it means money, it doesn't mean actually striking or killing. So therefore, Shmamino, it's Mamun. So now, says the world like this, fine. You've explained to me why you have the superiority of this Xerushava. This Xerushava 
is uh, is telling you that when you, you 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 strike or kill an animal, you pay. So when you strike and cause damage to a person, you pay. And we said, and it makes sense to make the Xerah Shava to here or not to anyone else. So then why did you have to bring another drasha? If you don't like this, then you have another pasuk. It says, Ratzeach, Kofar is only by Ratzeach. You don't pay Kofar by the Ratzeach, but by anyone else you can pay. Why do you need that second drasha if you have the Xerah Shava? So ask the Mara, so my Imnam <coughs> so what is the Imnashikalomar that if you want to say that you're not happy with the earth Xerashava? So Masuka Kasha Latana. Because the Tana had further had another Kasha. Means he already took care of the one Kasha that who says that Xerashava is a valid Xerashava? I says Makar, most you must. We answered that question. But the Tana had another question. What was the question he had? My Chazis de Yalvis Mimaka Behema, Leilaf Mimaka Adam. You have a Xerashava. It uses the word maka by behema. So why compare it to the next pasuk that doesn't even use the word maka? It says Why not compare it to the where it says by by murder, which is maka adam yumas? So just that by murder, when you kill someone, use the word maka as well, and that for short means executing. So use the word maka maka. That by damages it uses the word maka, and by execution uses the word maka. And just as by da- execution means killing, so by damages what it obviously doesn't mean killing, but what will it mean? The Destroying the limb. So yeah, okay, there's a xerah shava. But who says that's the right xerah shava? Maybe this is the right xerah shava. So my Amri done in nazikin nazikin vein done nazikin mamisa. Moshe says I'd rather learn damages, killing an animal, hitting an uh, uh, destroying, uh, hitting an animal is a damage. I'd rather compare damages to damages of a person than than compare ex- a, a killing of a person to damaging of a person. So Moshe says Adar Rabba done in Adam me Adam vein done in Adam me behema. So Moshe says if anything keep within the same category, compare people to people, don't compare people to animals. So when it says, you're right, that's why I had problems with Xerah Shava, because the Xerah Shava was stuck. Why compare the Xerah Shava to, to an animal that's next Xerah Shava by killing a person? That's why I had to come on to the second Drosha. So, uh, so therefore, that's what Imnav Shechlomer, Hare Omer, that's why it has to say, Im lo sikhu kofer l'nefesh, lo sikhu kofer l'nefesh rotzeach, don't take my financial payment for a murderer, Asheh Rosh because he is wicked and he should be put to death, Kimos Yumas, he surely has to be executed. And that's the drosh, l'nefesh rotzeach, he has to lakach kofer. For the murderer, you cannot take kofer, and you not take financial restitution. For limbs, even if they're irreparable, they don't return, you still uh, can take payment. Says the Gemara, the second drosha that you're making, Lechora, I don't understand why it's open to make such a drosha. Is it coming to do what you're saying? It's to exclude that payments can only be made, can't be made for murder, but to exclude that for, 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 for damaging somebody irreparably, you could take money. Is that what it's coming for? That's what it's coming for. Haime Boyle, I need it for a different drosha. Da'amarachmona, lo sabit vitarti. Maybe what the reason why the public's telling me is that when you murder someone, don't take money means don't make him pay. The concept of like Kamala Rabin, don't do both. That he can't, if he murdered someone and he caused financial damage, that don't take money. It means don't take money, not instead of murdering him. It means in addition, maybe that's what it's coming to tell me. Now if it's coming to tell me that, then it's not extra. 
to teach me the drosha that what? That for limbs you could take payment. So says the Gemara Lachor, Ami Boyle, Damarachman, Tarti. Don't do both. Los don't take money from him, and execute him. Sigmar says, no, that I don't need. That concept that you don't do two punishments, you can only, only do one, I know from a different Pesach. The Pesach is according to his wickedness in the singular, that's what Beistin do to him. You can only hold him liable for one wickedness, and not for two. So therefore, that's the, therefore I don't need the pasuk to teach me nefesh rotzeh that you can't do two punishments. I know it's somewhere else. So it's redundant. It's extra to teach me what that you only don't take money for murder, but you could take money for damages. But Kati says it must still be violate. It's not redundant. I need it for something else. Uh, that maybe what it's coming to tell you is that for, for, the, for what it's written in the Pasuk itself, meaning it's not redundant, maybe it's telling you is that you can't get off the hook by murder. If you murdered someone, you have to be executed. You cannot pay. It's not coming to tell you, aye, but you could take money for damages. Maybe that's not the point. The point it's telling you over here is you cannot buy your way out of murder. So therefore, that's what all it's telling you. So therefore, where do you see that it's redundant to make a diuk that, but you could take money for damages. Someone says no. Because in Cain, if you look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk in the, in the, in the Surah of Shas is, uh, is, is Pasuk number, uh, where is it? Three. Three. Lo sikhu don't take payment for a murder. Ashehu rosha lamus. Kimos Yumas, he has to be executed. You could have just written like this. Lo Sikhu Kofra Lenefesh, Rosha, Rosha, Lamus. Kimos Yumas. You don't have to write Nefesh Ratzeach. Why do you have to write the words Nefesh Ratzeach? It's redundant. You don't have to write it in there. That's where the Drosha comes out. If it's only to tell you don't take money for a murderer, then say Lo Sikhu Kofra, because Rosha, Rosha, a Kofra for the Rosha. Lamus Kimos Yumas. Why do you have to write the words Nefesh Ratzeach to tell me that this din is only by the Nefesh Ratzeach and not by a Mazik? But Lenefesh Rotzech Lamali, what do you have to write the clause of Nefesh Rotzech? Shmami no, Lenefesh Rotzech, Yatolakach Kofer. Dafkov Nefesh Rotzech, there's no financial payment. About Tolakach Kofer, but you could take Kofer, the Roshe Evorim, for damaging someone's limbs. Shainam Chosen, even if they aren't irreparable. Says the Gemara, Vichima Acher Dechsiv, Lo Sikhu Kofer. So Maka Maka Lamali, now the Gemara has a question. Now that I have Drusha number two, that teaches me that only for Nefesh Ratzeach I don't take payment, but for damages I do. Then why do I need the Gzeirah Shava? In, in answer number one, I, it, was, it, was, it wasn't such a great thing because we thought maybe you could make Gzeirah Shava out, but there is a Gzeirah Shava. So why do I need that Gzeirah Shava? So Maka Lamali, why do I need it? So what it says, a, 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 a interesting shot. It says like this, is that if it would have only had if it would have only had the second drosha, which was, if only for murder do you not take money, but for Russia Evarim you can. What if a person says, you know what, I don't feel like spending the money. Chop of my finger. Chop of my hand. Right? Right. 
You might think you can do it. It's just telling you, the only thing you can't take money for is murder, but for Nezek, you could, but maybe you don't have to. That's why you need the Xeris Shabbat, um, uh, from Bahama. Just as Bahama, it's always payment, so too. So you need the second drasha to show that the first Xeris is, is, is a good Xeris But now you have the first Xeris It also tells you that it's not optional. You have to pay. You don't have the option. Whereas it's Ima Hai. If you only had the second drasha, Havamini boy ain't a native. He boy ain't a native. He has the option. Don't want to get my eye taken out. Don't want to pay for it. Kamash Malan mi behema. That's what the Zerushov is coming to tell me. Ma behema. Ma maka behema letashlumin. Just as behema, it's always payment. Av maka adam. It's always letashlumin for damages. You don't have the option of having him that cause the same damage to you. General, we'll stop over here.